Good morning and welcome to KLE Podcast. This is your time of growing, being equipped, thinking, processing. Hey, we're going to deep dive today again into the topic on building his church. It's not just a topic, it's a way of life. It's not just a way of life, it's what we do. We are the church and we need to be building what Jesus wants to build and how he wants to build it. You know, uh, you are with your uh, hosts again, Sean Smith here in Pennsylvania and Steve Bissett down in Texas. Hello. Steve. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm so beautiful. You know that. (laughs) Just just beyond words. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) So I heard heard, uh, you had a a certain kind of dog. Yeah, we we bought a dog. Actually, it was a rescue dog, and we tried getting it to eat all sorts of food, and it wouldn't eat anything. So we had some watermelon one day, and it started eating the watermelon. Um, and we thought, well, that's kind of nice. It's eating watermelon. Then we had some cantaloupe, and and it was eating cantaloupe. And then there was some winter melon and some other stuff. And I thought this this dog must be, you know. I don't know why it will only eat that type of thing. Come to find out, I think it was part melancholy. So, yeah, this one drug out a little longer, didn't it? (laughs) The punchline took a little longer. (laughs) But uh, it never ceases to crack me up. I think it's just the way you tell these jokes is good. Now, I don't know where you find them. You must have a revelation gift or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gift of the jester. <laughs> I I must tell the listeners, every time Steve calls me, we'll be like into this heavy discussion and suddenly he'll come up with this kind of um kind of crack and um it's uh, just it just like really takes the pressure off all that seriousness and we have a good laugh. I don't know how his wife puts up with him. <laughs> Yeah, almost, it'll be 40 years this year. 40 years this year, Steve. 40 well, years. Well done, buddy. That's awesome. her heart. She deserves a medal. Yeah, yeah, she deserves a medal. Yeah, she definitely yeah. does. But then, hey, it takes two to tangle. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it takes I hate tangoing by myself. <laughs> you can't be tangling by yourself, man. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, right. Well, hey, uh, <clears throat> This morning, you know, I received this article uh, this week from a friend of mine in Johannesburg, South Africa, um, Andre, and uh, we've been friends also for many, many years. In fact, before I met Michelle, I met Andre, and so Andre and I have been like friends forever nearly. First mandate. (laughs) Yeah, it's like 42 years or something in that region. Uh, Michelle and I, Mary, uh, Michelle and I know each other this September 40 years as well. So, wow. um, okay. and we married 38 um, this year. So we're not, we like clicking on your heels there, Steve. That's right. So that's pretty awesome. Um, so two, two very good friends of mine um, being Michelle and Andre and, and then the third one being Steve. <laughs> I, mean, I can't leave everybody out. Oh, hang on. Let me go down the list. <laughs> That's right. I thought, man, you only have three. That's... <laughs> but uh, just long, long time friends. Anyway, he sends me this article this week, and, and it was very interesting. And I, I 
I did share it out, but I thought it would be interesting to talk a little bit about this because this is what we're talking about. But um, the article is from the churchleadersmagazine.com, churchleaders.com. And in there, a guy called Chuck Lawless um, of um yeah is 10 (laughs) it's just funny yeah uh 10 morning signs a servant leader has become the king of his kingdom or her kingdom and he starts the article with saying as christian leaders we are called to serve others even as we're completely reliant on god too often though a leader who was once a servant wrongly transitions into being the king of his own kingdom and here are some signs that a servant leader has become the king um and before we actually dive into some of them he he ends it with saying lest we judge the king in inverted commas servant leader um, too seriously though all of us are susceptible to moving in this unhealthy direction pride is always a temptation for christian leaders so i i want to preface our discussion with just saying, you know, any of these things that we're talking about can be anybody really within, within the context of the body of Christ, because, uh, I mean, isn't that right, Steve? We've, we've seen, we've seen guys who, who, who don't have leadership positions as such, and yet they, they become flaky and weird and woo woo space agents, um, you know, trying to prove or impress them, you know, people with, with their super spirituality. And really it's religiosity. It's not spirituality at all. Right. Uh, you know, uh, there was an interesting thing about uh, David as he was king. And um, I thought it was kind of, um, it always kind of bothered me that his one son was really after the throne and um, stuff like that, and and uh, I always wondered why his one son was out to kill him. And I thought, you know, the reason, and this just kind of what I realized in part of it, if there is a if there is a position that somebody sees that's up for grabs, or if there's a position that can be had, somebody is going to go for that position. Yes. If a person is just is just showing you the Father, if he's just giving you the heart of God, if he's just give, there is no position to be had. Consequently, there will be no vine for position. There will be no vine for the top dog honors or whatever. Yeah. And so you won't have somebody running out to try to kill you because there is no position to be had. Yeah. And that's part of the that's part of the dynamic that we've seen a lot in the body of Christ as we've seen it. Um, uh, in the recent years, uh, because there is there is a, uh, a a juggling of positions. There's a um, you know I I'm the head dog. Uh, this is my church. You can't do anything about it. Uh, if if you don't like the way it's going, if you don't like my vision, there's the road. Yes. And um, it brings but, a culture, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, and, and that's the that's part of the problem. It, it breeds that murderous spirit. It breeds that contempt. It breeds the. Um, it says since there has been a change of priesthood, it necessitates a change of law in Hebrews. Yes, and there has been a change of priesthood. There's no longer a high priest than a secondary priest. The only high priest we have is Christ Jesus. 
Yeah. We're not high priests. We're, we're priests after the order of Melchizedek, uh, where we have no father, no mother, no lineage, no, no, um, you know, you can't tell where it's coming from. In fact, it even says, uh, call no man father, call no man teacher even, uh, because he doesn't, it's almost like he wants to realize, wants you to realize that even through men, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And if we can, if we can grab that as sons of God, whenever we're working with somebody's lives, like, like Paul said, I've laid the foundation another man buildeth thereupon. If we could understand that all we're doing is cooperating with the Holy Spirit, all we're doing is find out, <clears throat> finding out what work the Father's already doing in somebody's life through the Holy Spirit and cooperate with that, we get no credit anyway. I mean, this man is not our disciple. This man is not our son. Yes. This man is not uh, our possession. Uh, this this person is a son of the living God. Yeah. And who are we to touch, um, you know, the, the tabernacle? You know, it's almost like those two guys that tried to study the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I got to thinking about that one day, a guy uh, that I knew was going through some problems. And, and I thought, well, should just tell him this, you know, you should go do this. And I was reminded of that story where I, w- I was running out trying to steady the ark when actually uh, the Heavenly Father was doing something a little bit different with him at that point. Right. And um, here I was putting my hands on it, my imprint on it, yep. um, my thoughts, my ideas. And he says, no, let this is my tabernacle. This is my um, ark. This is my ark of the covenant. Don't you touch my Ark of the Covenant. So anyway, uh, but as far as what this guy's saying, I've, you know, we've, we've seen that so often over the last, oh man, three, two, three decades, especially um, that it's just, it's, it's because, because we still have that old mindset of the old priesthood. That's basically it. We have not gotten into the new priesthood yet. Now, that, and that is the truth. I mean, is we, and this is what we spoke about last week, is, is we're trying to still put, we, we're still inviting new wine, but we, we're offering it old wineskins. Right. And the two just do not go together. So, you know, we've got to, and as leaders, you, you know, on, 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 my, on the other side of what I do, which is the, the leadership mentoring and coaching, uh, the thing that, that I try and really work with leaders to actually grasp is that whole new mindset that, that you have to, uh, you cannot be doing the same thing that everybody does and hope to get different results. It doesn't right. work. And, and, you know, just on a practical level. But ha- however, the guys are so reluctant. They want change. They want the organization. They want their company. They want the ministry. They want the world to change, but they're not prepared to change. And the thing about it is, is that culture starts with you as a leader. Right. <clears throat> right. And and the culture. A lot of times it is. We don't want to give up control is what well, it is. Wow. That's the truth. Is And and why not? I tell you why not. Because we leaders are insecure. They right. feel threatened in their position, in their, you know, they they feel threatened, and if they feel threatened, then then they're going to defend themselves. So that's when they do things like this, you know, um, that they begin to protect their throne. In fact, 
the word the, the King Nebuchadnezzar is interesting. I looked up the word a number of years ago, and if you break it down, it's it's um, Nebu, the the god of one of the gods of Babylon was Nebu, and Nebuchadnezzar means Nebu protecting his throne. Huh. So uh, so, and that's what happens is many times leaders step into that place and. Now, like you say, is that, you know, the, 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 the average church, if I can use it that, not the, the kings, but the average church person um, who wants to flow in things and wants to do stuff gets disempowered because they cannot have a vision outside of my vision. My vision, right. is, you know, because two visions is no vision. Kind of, you know, you always hear that. It's division. Instead of finding you know, where your vision fits into allowing them to find their vision in, in the context of where we are going as a organization or as a ministry or whatever the story is. Right. One thing that my, my wife has said over the years, um, she said a lot of times it's not necessarily the quote unquote leaders fault, uh, to, to, to some degree, even though, even though they like the idea of being the head uh, I even like the idea of my name, Steve Bissett, with senior pastor behind it, uh, put on the sign out in front of our church building. Mm. You know I mean, I liked that. I liked it on my cards, you know, senior pastor. Gave you significance. Yeah, gave me gave me that stamp of approval or whatever. Uh, you know, you introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm Steve Bissett. I'm the pastor over yeah. at such and such. And uh, uh, it just, it for some reason or other, you think that carries some sort of weight um, and in some people's eyes, it does. And uh, but the 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 thing that I've seen over and over again is that once you start using that, it's almost like using the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Mm. Vanity, <clears throat> vanity is a self-serving purpose. Oh man! And so to to do something for vain purposes or to do something for vanity doesn't necessarily mean you're just cussing or saying something in profanity it's it's you're using the name of the lord or using something he's doing to promote yourself and that's something that's bothered me a lot is that i've seen i've seen a lot of these types of situations where um uh even even going to prophesy or something like that somebody will say well uh i was praying and fasting you know for five days and and then finally on the on the fifth day and at midnight you know i was awakened by the lord and he he told me this this and this and and then he said uh then i saw an open vision and i saw i saw an angel of the lord coming down with a scroll and he said this that all sounds well and good, but most of it's about me and what I did and what I saw. It's, it has nothing to do with the message of the Lord at that point. It's about validating me and my message before I even tell you anything. Yeah. And that's where it's begun to bother me um, uh, a lot because I, um, I went through a time uh, where I did some, I did 40 days of fasting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um we were going through some things uh, in the body at that point. And so I just thought, well, you know, this is one way to find out which direction the, the problem becomes uh, when you begin to use that. Well, I went through 40 days of prayer and fasting, and this is what the Lord told me. Um, 
you know, well, I, I got this, I got this this morning. I just heard this, you know, on my way into work, I was listening to this song and I got this. Well, I was 40 days in prayer and fasting and I got this. Hmm. Uh, all of a sudden it becomes, uh, like you said, a spiritual, yeah. yeah, yeah, a posturing, a spiritual, uh, a religious posturing that, that has no business in the body of Christ. Yeah. It's saying to that, to somebody that you perceive as being the foot or the, the big toe, you perceive that, that they're a big toe, and you say, well, I have no need of you, you know, because I've got all the revelation there is. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway, I just, um, it's it's that whole idea of posturing, once again, as far as just, and once a person becomes king, and this is what I was going to say, my, my wife said to me one day, it's not necessarily the 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 problem with just the just the pastors or the leaders or the, or the guys that would be kings, it's the people that continue to say over and over, God, give us a king like all other nations. Yes. Because I don't want to seek you for myself. I don't want to hear from you myself. Let somebody else hear and then say, thus saith the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And so there is, a, there is that, that side of it as well that we tend to try to make people kings. Uh, you know, we have the um, uh, pastor, you know, celebrate your pastor day. <laughs> um, honor your spiritual father. Son. Yeah, yeah, honoring your spiritual father day, which happens to be every day. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird thing that we've done in the body of Christ rather than just, just being a tool in the hand of your father, finding out what the Holy Spirit is doing on that person, and then helping, helping whatever he sent you to help with to do that work in their life. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's as simple as it gets, but yet, for some reason or other, the tool wants to take some sort of credit. Always. Yeah, that's the thing is ambitious people seek their own glory and are deeply concerned with their own agenda. And that's, that's not part of the kingdom. And there is no ambition does not play into the hands of, of being or play, plays out in the kingdom of God. It doesn't do it. So in, in, the, in the current culture that we're finding ourselves in right now with tremendous societal change, a, a challenge on value systems, uh, on everything. I mean, the church is under severe strain from from the forces that you know political and societal and community forces that that are definite because if they can shut down the value system then that and we as the church that we as the kingdom of god bring you know well not we as the kingdom but that we bring as from the kingdom of god if they can shut that down they're free to do anything and and so they will shut that down as much as possible and we have to rethink how we are engaging our our um, culture we have to rethink how we're engaging this generation this ge next generation is there's a whole um, turn of events they don't want to come to meetings anymore they don't want to hear you you know your your you bashing them with scripture. They don't want to have he, yeah, he, yeah, that said the Lord. You know, I told that to somebody. I, I was ministering in church and I said, we've got to change the way we go into things and start, you know, prophesying, thus saith the Lord. And boy, I mean, the, the leaders got upset with me. They got totally offended with me because how can you change the church culture? And I said, well, maybe the church culture needs to change. Because right. 
what we're trying to do is we try to hold this um, culture of religiosity and we think it's spirituality. Right. And still the old priesthood. See, that's the problem that the, the system, whenever you approach somebody with, with a, a change, it, it changes not only, not only their mindset, but their whole dynamic of how they're doing what they're doing. And all of a sudden they're lost because they don't know how to do this. They don't know how to build it. Yeah, they feel threatened. Yeah, it's a whole different, it's a different priesthood altogether. It's not uh, because we have, we have yet to really taste the order of Melchizedek uh, as far as a priesthood. Yeah. Uh, and there's not that much taught about it. There's not that much spoken about it in the scripture. It's something that the Holy Spirit begins to lead us into and because it says that he's there to lead us into all truth, we have no need of any man to teach us. However, <laughs> there should be some of us who should be teachers, it says. Yes. But we have need, once again, that somebody teaches the very first foundational principles of the doctrine of Jesus Christ. Right. But uh, it's amazing to me that we keep going around and around and around the same tree with, quote, leadership, because we keep trying to change. We keep trying to operate and do what we think to be the kingdom of God within the same system, and it just won't work. It won't work. That's exactly right. And the, the thing about it is, is we, because of television and you know all the latest technology that church uses, we're exporting this into right. other. I mean, um, <clears throat> until the story, but I went into into a village in Africa. I mean, right into the bush. And I had to minister at a little grass church where the people were sitting on mud floors. You know, they're sitting on mud floors. It's a grass roof church. And the two pastors are in suits sitting on velvet covered chairs on the platform. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my word, we are seeing like the modern Western church right down into the village here. You know, conquer right. the people. We elevated and, and, and then the guy gets up and starts praying. He says, God, uh, before the service, you know, he says, remind our guest that it's not about what we can do for him, but what he can do for us. Remind him about, um, uh, so, so, what's their names again? <laughs> that just left me now. The ones that um, <laughs> lied about their money. Oh, really? Yeah. What's those guys in Acts? In the book of Acts, that, that ended up dying, <laughs> I was just left my. Uh, I think all of them have died in Acts. <laughs> anyway, but you know, I'm talking Sapphira and and his. Um, and oh, Ananias and Sapphira. Yes, that's all right. Um, and he says, "Remind, remind him about them that if he doesn't do for us, that that's what could happen." And man, I'm telling you, I, I, I got up and I said, nobody manipulates me, man. <laughs> Just like wow. this. And, but the interesting thing was, was that, that in the midst of nowhere, here is a church. And then I heard afterwards that in this village, these guys are like cursing other churches if they get more people than they've got. And, and I mean, it's just a mess, you know, but that's the stuff we're exporting with that kind of, of, of idea that high, that whole, I, that's why the Chinese church said is, you know, they, they said, if you're going to send us stuff from America or from the Western world, please just send us Bibles. Do not send us your books. Right. Or right. 
you know, because it, it's confusing the church. <clears throat> we, it causes strife. We don't want it. We just want the word of God. And wow. um, because what happens is we try and export our system into there. Right. And, and uh, it's not like the Melchizedek priesthood. It's not the, the New Testament kingdom order. And <clears throat> so what happens is <clears throat> they start you know, you've got those ambitious ones that take a, a book and they go, oh, this is the way it's got to be done. And this is where I can be. And instead of staying in order, they now usurp the order and try and do their own thing. And this is where strife comes in. But when when they stay with the with the New Testament order, everything works. You know, everything works. Right. <clears throat> I often told people in, in, in Africa, I said, the greatest revelation I know for, after 45 years of, or so nearly 45 years of walking with the Lord, the greatest revelation I've, I've had has come out of America. And I thank God from, for the Church of America and the gifting that, for the revelation of the Word. I wouldn't know what I know today if it wasn't for the revelation that's come out of America. But hmm. the worst thing that's come out of America is the model of the church. Right is building it, trying to build it on, on an organizational, right. hierarchical, corporate kind of system. That's why we've got, you know, it's the, it's the senior pastor and the first lady. It, it's like right. they're trying to be the president and the first lady of, the, of, of a nation, you know, and they've got right. a church of 20 people. It's just, is, is absolutely ridiculous, you know, um, and we've we've got to, and I'm and I'm I'm saying from the United States, but it's the whole Western world is like that because it's it's the religious religious spirit that's just been pervasive in right. the church, and we've got to. I know it's hard. I know it's hard because I've got some young guys saying to me, "Where do we go?" You know, because we don't fit anywhere now. And I go, "I I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because I understand it is it is." Yeah, not I'm in the same place. Yes, I, I'm. I feel <laughs> the same way. I feel like I said to Michelle, I said, "If I go anywhere now, I feel like I'm I'm being not true to myself. I don't care what others think, but I I feel like I'm not." I'm not walking in integrity to my own value, my own belief system, you know, is right. that I, but, and yet, you know, what do you do? There's yeah. so few people that actually want to come out. They love the idea of having a priest, you know, interceding on their behalf. You know, right. they, 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 I don't know. It's just, it's so hard. I know like my wife says all the time, she says, it's, it's, I love to get together with the body of Christ and just praise and worship. And I, I, I do too. I mean, that's, Absolutely. The the trouble is 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 what you alluded to a little bit earlier. I can't. I I have a rough time going for any consistent amount of time uh, because it's like uh, if if I add my part to what you are doing, that means I'm helping you build what you're building. Now maybe that doesn't make sense to anybody else, but in my own heart. I can't help you build what you're building right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not you personally, but I mean, you know, if I'm going to that type of situation, because for one thing, I know what it's based upon. I know how you're building. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to build um, that church. You're trying to build that system. You're trying to build uh, like the Assembly of God uh, station there in that part of your region. Um, you know, it's, it's it's you're trying to build this 
lady rather than trying rather than going and being sent by your father to build what he's building at this time yeah and that's that's the struggle i, I um not for anybody else, but for myself, I, I did a study a, a while back just as far as the distinction between building the church and and a son building for his father, Ben, you know, B-E-N, builder of the family name. Yeah. And I began to see such a, such a vast distinction uh, between the two that it, it really bothered me to even put my hand to anything else that, that the um, that, that they were building at that time. And it's not that I'm against anything. It's that I'm called to do certain things. I'm, I'm told to do certain things and build a certain way. And therefore I, I have to be about my father's business and I can't keep trying to, trying to fit it into what you see as the mold. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Because uh, if I come into your church, your church, which it is your church, I have to adapt to conform myself to what you believe it's supposed to be built like, because you are the head of that church. Um, believe it or not, I mean anybody who says differently is is probably lying at that point. Uh, there's a there's <laughs> there's a church in Tyler. Uh, down here in Tyler, Texas, and I drove by it one day, and I, I turned and said, did you see that? Did you see that? To my son who was riding with me. He says, no, 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 what's the deal? I said, I got to go back. So I went back, and I took a picture of the sign. It says, Jerry's Temple. Sorry? And I thought, I thought, you know, this is probably the first truthful pastor I've ever seen in my life. You know, this is Jerry's Temple. Oh, Jerry's Temple, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the the children's ministry could probably could be called Jerry's Kids. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they would have done, you know, but Jerry's Temple, I thought, you know, that is so that is so refreshing and so good. <laughs> I don't know how they what they do or anything else, you know, but it just it the sign itself just got me. I thought, boy, that's that's so true, it isn't funny. So and, and the thing about that we need to understand is that leadership means that you're going to have to walk a lonely road sometimes, you know, is, is right. I'm sure, I'm sure that um, John the Baptist did not um, walk, you know, with, I mean, he, he, well, you wear camel's hair, you're going to walk funny anyway. I'm telling you, man, the, the, the institution of the day and society just did not like that, you know, uh, I mean, and, and the political system, I mean, went about, to to in fact uh, this this decapitate him anyway. So, right, right. Um, I mean, but but the thing is, he stayed true to who he was, what he knew he was called to, and therefore, you know, disciples did gather around him and become right. part of his school uh, because that's what he had was a school of thought. Because right, if you see in, in Matthew chapter four, I think it's in Matthew chapter four, John the Baptist comes out and he comes preaching saying. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, right. and Jesus comes to his school, gets baptized in his school, and comes out preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So right. school of thought was there. That's what they used to do in those days. And so he was he was deemed a master teacher in that right. sense. And so the disciples... He never got frustrated with his calling or what he was supposed to do. No, he just did no. it. And, and uh, you know, he never lost his head about it. And he was so uh, secure that he could pass the school on to Jesus when it was yeah. the right time. I guess he did lose his head, but anyway. Yes, he did lose his head. 
<laughs> in a literal sense. Yeah, literal sense, yes. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and I, you know, I, I often think about that. I mean, you know, he doesn't meet in the places where he needs, where others were meeting. He, he doesn't wear what they wear. He doesn't wear their priestly garb and their rabbi clothes and um, lives a very strict life uh, out in the desert, you know. So, but yet that, church grew i mean it's just like that that was was the that whole uh initiative grew because everybody began going to him in the desert place and his disciples were the ones um doing the baptizing um which was the initiation into this whole new uh, school of thought jesus comes along doing doing the same thing what but he just didn't wear camel's hair <laughs> right right he, he came eating and drinking and then they accused criticized him of doing something yeah, being a wine bibber and a glutton yes and meeting with sinners and yet right. he, he could engage society where he was at using right. i mean the you know i, I often think about like um e ecclesia was a word that was very well understood at that point in time the called out ones uh, because I was reading, I was reading something, um, or I heard something. I can't remember. I could only if it was on a podcast or something. I can't remember. I think it was on a podcast. I heard they, they were saying that they know the Romans knew that if they sent three hundred citizens into a region, they could begin to change the culture. Huh. So they would call out three hundred citizens from Rome or or anywhere that was a, a Roman uh, culture, and they would send them into a region, and they would then gather together and begin to build a culture from from those three hundred. And they knew they could change the culture. Hmm. And we've got so many more than three hundred in every place, in every city, in every town. You know, we've got. Thousands. We could change the culture if we became cultural, culturally minded. In other words, if right. we change the way we think and the values that we live by and the message that we convey and the way we convey it is, in other words, that's the whole concept with kingdom leadership equipping is the whole our concept with kingdom is kingdom is the kingdom of God is what the the, the colony, colonization that we bring to the earth from a place called the kingdom of heaven. The right. kingdom of heaven is a place. It's a country. And it has its own value system, its own constitution. It has its own laws. It has its own citizenship in which we are. But we are now being sent. We've called out of the kingdom of, of heaven to represent the kingdom of God on earth which is a culture that we've got to instill into the earth. Right. If we don't change, if we're doing the same, if we're trying to bring the message in the same culture or living the same way everybody else does, then it doesn't work. Right. People are laughing at us. You know, it's just like, what? Have you ever, <clears throat> you know, when it says, um, there's been a change of priesthood or where there is a change of priesthood, it necessitates a change of law. Have you ever looked at the laws that are actually written in the new covenant? Is that I mean, it, it, it's just kind of interesting. I, uh, I was just trying to figure out what law do we live by now? Mm. And uh, there's the law of faith. Yes. There's the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. 
right? Which has set you free. <laughs> it's the law uh, of love. You know, there's uh, the law of grace, which is a law. Uh, and, and it's just interesting to me that these laws that we live by now aren't something that are on tablets of stone, but they're written on our hearts. It's yeah, on my heart, that's right. Yeah, and those are the things that we're, we're helping to instill in this next generation of believers. Yeah. Those laws, not thou shalt not kill, thou shalt whatever, but, but initiating and... Hello? What did you say? Sorry, I said, thou, thou shalt come to my meeting. Well, it looks like Steve's uh, internet has just dropped a little bit. Uh, we he's been having problems with uh, with his internet today, so it comes and goes, um, and uh, it seems he's dropped off. He's already been challenging uh, the company this morning with with his internet problems, so he's just disappeared for a moment on here. But while we are uh, while he's gone, let me tell you what these uh, these points were that this um, that this article brings out that I think is very interesting. He said, number one, even if he invites discussion from church leaders, he does not change his mind. The discussion is in name only, and his decisions are already made. And we find this a lot with leaders. They come to the table having already decided what is going to be and not be. You know, they, they invite you to discuss things, invite you to be part of, of input, but that your input actually doesn't count because they know what they want. Number two, he sees everyone else as expendable. If he's worried about church members leaving, you'd never know it. He, in fact, he can usually hyper-spiritualize the reasons uh, that others leave. So he, he'll make a, make a spiritual um, a spiritual thing out of it, and that will be... <clears throat> uh, a spiritual reason, you know, sort of manufactured. And then number three, he is seldom, if ever, wrong. Kings somehow convince themselves that nobody can do things as well as they can. Everybody else has something to learn. So they, you know, they're just not open to learning, open to correction, open to to just being influenced in a new new way of thinking. Right. <clears throat> Are you back again? I'm I'm back again. As far I I had to dial in with my phone, my internet went out. Okay, I'm just going quickly through these uh, uh, these uh, points, Steve, because you dropped off. So I, I just decided to to uh, give these points to the listeners, and then and then uh, we can pick up again where we were. So number four, staff members tend to stay for only a short time. Kings are good at recruiting strong staff members but not so good at keeping the best of them. Kings want dependents more than co-laborers. In fact, they never make disciples. They never, they never build a team. They want staff. And I mean, I've heard over the years how, how ministries, big ministries talk about Jesus having a staff. He never had a staff. He had a team. No. He had no. disciples that were his team, that he was mentoring to, to and develop. Yeah. Staff is never... Um, in a place to carry anything. Staff just supports who you are. They're never able right. to come into their own. And that's, Yeah, David even said that. He said, my, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. So, um, number five, he seldom allows others to preach. 
the pulpit becomes his platform and he rarely gives up that position even for a single Sunday. He, he's most unwilling to share that space with gifted speakers he might perceive um, he might perceive as more gifted than he is. In fact, he doesn't consider anybody as gifted as he is. And, and I was one of those, I can tell you. I was on that side of the table. Thank God. No. 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 <clears throat> in fact, you know, I attended a church in England, uh, Jubilee, and the incredible thing was the, the, the lead elder there, if, you know, the, 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 the apostolic um, gift in that, in that house, hardly ever preached. Hmm. It is, if you went to their website, you wouldn't find him prominent on anywhere on the website. It, it would be everybody else would be on the website, but not him. And huh. if you went there Sunday mornings, it was always the eldership preaching. Very hmm. rarely it was, was it him that was preaching. And I thought that was, that was like, that's like such security. I love that. Anyway. Yeah. That's refreshing. Uh, yeah, it's very impressive uh, to, to find a leader, very refreshing to find a leader like that. Then um, he treats others as subjects. That, that is, people become a means to an end, tools to help him build his kingdom more than brothers and sisters in Christ. That is true, man. That's a big one, big one, biggie. Then number seven, he demands unquestioned loyalty. Even the slightest sign of disagreement is considered rebellion. I'm seeing a guy just losing good people at the moment, a leader, because he, every, anybody that sort of approaches him to say, hey, something is wrong, is considered um, out of line, just, you know, rebellious, independent, not a part right. of his vision, um, because he cannot, he's too insecure to handle any kind of, um, you know, disagreement or, or confrontation. Number eight, he expands his kingdom broadly, but not deeply. After all, deeply developed kingdoms require serious discipleship. And genuine disciples would recognize the problem with a king's leadership style. Um, and, and that's the thing. People see it, but he doesn't. Often those who know him best question his spirituality. That's not a surprise. Though kings depend on themselves, not God. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> yeah, anyway, number 10, he does not consider leadership succession. He might talk about retirement at some point, but it's often just talk. Kings don't give up their position easily. In fact, I was watching a YouTube video a, a, few, a few years ago, but I saw a, a guy that I admired when, when I was growing up in, in the things of the Lord, Steve, going back a number of years, back in 81 when I was at Bible school. A minister that I, I mean, he, he was really, he, he really was gifted, um, had a, a tremendous ministry. But at the end, here he was sitting in front of the church. He, he could hardly stand. Um, he was sitting behind a chair. He had a cap on because the lights were too bright for his eyes. And he's preaching and he's, he was in his 80s, man. Now, you know, hmm. It's, it's great to hear from the fathers. I would say, guy, if, now this is just my point of view, all right? This is, I would say, when you become a grandfather, hey, you know, take, take young guys and invest in them uh, you know, on the sideline. But leave the energetic, the, the stuff that, to get the message out, leave that to the young guys to preach and to minister and to lead the things. 
give it hand over the baton to the next generation for goodness sakes you don't you don't need to do it all yourself you know and at, at 80 years old get in your rocking chair and <laughs> hold up the banner of of the constitution of the kingdom of god and just make sure everybody's running because if you have not passed it on by the time you are that age then something is wrong you know some you've done something oh, yes. wrong is yeah, if you look at the kingdom of god just the kingdom of god he didn't come down and say, except maybe a couple times. I mean, he wrote on a tablet once, and uh, he spoke to different different ones. But he sent a son. Yes. And yes. that's the pattern that we have. He he sent he sent others to do it, and then Christ, of course, ascended up on high and gave gifts to men. He he sent others to do the rest of the work. So it wasn't like. It wasn't like I've got to hang around here and make sure it's all done. Uh, he invested his life into somebody else and then gave them the, gave them the opportunity, gave them the freedom to go and do likewise. Yes. And that's, that's where we see the kingdom of God different than the priesthood that we've had because the priesthood we've had is a, a senior priest or a senior pastor, a senior uh, a high priest, a chief elder, whatever you want to call them, and then they have underlings yes. and assistant yes. priest and assistant this and whatever. And that's the pattern that we have. And the problem is we keep trying to propagate a pattern that is not a godly pattern. Well, it was. It was an old covenant pattern. Yeah. But it wasn't, the, it wasn't the kingdom of God pattern. Yeah. And that's where if we can get this instilled to somebody that even, even, even though I may be, quote, a leader, I'm only a leader if somebody's following. <laughs> so, you know, like I've heard this said before, you think you're a leader, look around and see if anybody's following. Um, and there's, there's a fact that, that if somebody's following you, make sure that they're brought up into the light. Make sure they're brought into the fullness and stature. Draw out of them the very wellsprings of living water that have been locked up so long and let them flow again. Uh, I remember talking to a gentleman here just this last week, and um, he's he's in his 70s, and um, he said that he had the opportunity to go to a different state, and and uh, for the first time in in so long, uh, he was actually able to minister life there to a bunch of people, uh, and he said it felt so good just to let that flow again. I thought, man, you've been you used to do this all the time, brother. <laughs> I mean. You know, you've been you've been in the quote ministry for the last 40, 40 years or whatever, and now you're sitting under this certain uh, group, and now you're just sitting there, and there's no draw on you, there's no draw of life out of you, and you're just you're considered a threat, so you're just sitting. And I thought, man, that's so sad. As these guys that are a fountain shut up in a garden enclosed, and it's time for that wind to blow again and blow upon the spices of. I mean, blow up on the garden that the spices thereof may flow out, as it says in Song of Solomon. Absolutely. And uh, let that thing no longer be a, a fountain shut up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of these guys have gone to sit down somewhere, just like you did the church in England there that you were a part of. Um, you became considered not only a threat but whatever, and and you were told to sit down again or whatever, and and basically you just you just became a dead sea again. You know, there was no outlet. There was, there was stuff being poured in all the time, 
but that salt just became saltier and saltier and saltier until finally nothing could live in it anymore. Yeah. And especially you. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's, uh, that's where I know that once we change this mentality, not only within ourselves of my whole objective and purpose is not to continue to have a ministry to the end of my days, but my whole purpose is to find out what you're called to do and help equip you to do that. Yeah. That, that's the thing. And you know, Jesus in three years could empower 12 guys and right. leave. He was 33. You know, most guys are only like getting started at 33 and they go, well, I'm at the top of my game now. Right. Know, this, right. this is it. I, you know, my ministry's arrived and, and uh, this is my time and I've got to get my staff together and, you know, and I'm going to hold on for my retirement. You know, that's in, and beyond is, that's, right. you know, you've got to, and so here's the young guys trying to wrestle the baton out of the out of your hands, and they can't right. get it uh, because you're holding on to your position at any cost, you know. And right, and uh, finally you got to kill David just well, to get yes. his phone. You got you you got to cut off, you know, you got to cut off one person's head and and um, and kill the others and chase them away, and and anybody right. that threatens you, you know, it's just like. What? You know, out you go. So what happens is now we have this duplication of people running around, starting their own little storefront churches. You know, um, I, I actually don't blame them because if they're not given room to do things. No. In fact, even this, this whole, okay, now I'm going to really touch a sacred cow but at the moment. But this whole thing with... <coughs> Massive growth of churches with this franchise kind of uh, campus kind of ministries. So you got three, four churches, five churches, six churches scattered around the around the country, all having to listen to your message. You, they, you know, right. you've got a a pastor, but he's a a symbolic kind of um, title, really, because he. he he, he has to look after the needs, but he, he cannot impart anything to the house. He's not allowed right. to preach. It's one guy that sits in one place in a closed circuit television or live streaming or whatever they do and preaches to everybody, but he's the head. And it sounds like an archbishop to me. And um, like I said, but where's the empowerment of the people you know, that are there? Where's the empowerment of the, the next generation of leaders? Right. You know, is Jesus could do it in three years and empower them to change the world because right. they knew that the same thing was to impart, impart, impart. Paul would go into a city and within a year he could leave a, a, an eldership to, to run a stable, a stable community of believers, stable, uh, and leave them to, to do what they needed to do after one year. We can't do right. it on the city. What is the deal with that? Right. Anyway. Yeah. Well, partly because we're still building on a, on a different pattern. Well, that's... And that, that pattern is unsustainable. I mean, it just doesn't... I mean, it'll work because the king, that kingdom, um, that kingship model will work because it's worked for generations. It's just that it's going to that king is going to die out and have to have a successor. Yes. And so, um, you know, and then you got a bunch of guys waiting in line to become the successors. Yeah. And, uh, but if, if you indeed are doing, as it says there in the, in Ephesians, where you're equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry till we all come, 
if I, if I work till everybody around me comes to the fullness and stature of the Messiah, I don't care anymore whether or not you see me as the Messiah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care whether or not you see me with some great message or some great teaching or whatever else. My whole objective is till you come to the fullness and stature of the Messiah or Christ. Yes. And if, if we can keep that before us, oh, man. keep that vision there, uh, that purpose there, it takes on a whole different, our whole, it changes your mindset. It changes yes. that paradigm. It, it, it shifts your whole life into doing something completely different rather than even having a ministry for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And we, you know, to end off that the, the commission of, of Matthew that, that Jesus gave in Matthew 28, I think is the foundational element to this whole thing is going to all the world and make disciples, right. going to every cultural group and make disciples, teaching them to obey whatsoever I've commanded you. And it's not, not going to all the world, and make members. It's not going to all the world, right. and make staff members. It's not going to all the world and make, you know, um, <laughs> make ministries, make ministers. It's going to all the world, right. make disciples, discipleship means that you're empowering them to in fact carry the same worldview as you, which is, which is the kingdom of God and the same message and to do what you are doing. If we, if right. we keep that clear, like you're saying, if we just keep the focus on fulfilling the commission, it doesn't matter what you, what your gifting is and you know, how important you think you are and you know, how, how spiritual you think you are and how, whatever super, super person you think you are. But the bottom line is, is that if you lose focus of that one thing, then right. we, we, we've lost track of what Jesus, the way Jesus builds. We really have. We really right. have. All right. So thank you very much again, Steve. It's been, um, it's been an interesting, passionate, enthusiastic <laughs> discussion sorry you dropped off there for a, a little bit and um but um we we forgive you brother and we forgive oh thank you <laughs> and, we, and we definitely forgive your your um internet <laughs> people you know our internet provider is called fidelity yes. which is kind of interesting in and of itself <laughs> and i had to go in there yesterday and tell them i said you know fidelity has become infidelity around here. I just don't, I just don't like this. We need some help here. And he, he kind of looked at me kind of funny and goes, ah, okay, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for your input. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, they actually don't. Anyway. So this is like, all right. Well, no, it's good. It, I'm glad you could get back to us. I was concerned you wouldn't be able to get back again, but um, thank you for, for, for making that quick, quick adaption and getting back to the call. That's right. Thanks, buddy. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening in again today. And uh, hey, just remember to um, give us a like. Don't don't forget to subscribe to KLE Podcast and get updates uh, for your Friday episodes. And um, every now and again, I drop something else in there. Also, I just want to say, you know, uh, yeah, subscribe. Give us a five star and share it with somebody. That's the other thing that I wanted to say. Hey, give us a share if the if you uh, if you feel like somebody can get something from these episodes, uh, please share it out and and um, 
maybe get two or three people around the table and say, hey, let's listen and let's do a study. And, and uh, because we need you to, to grasp some of these concepts. I know it, we, we are sort of attacking an old system, but we have to make room for, for, for the new covenant, um, the new priesthood. We have to make room for, for the kingdom of God to actually be established in your life and in, in, our, in our culture, in our time, in our generation. So we'd appreciate you taking this, this, uh, these episodes that, w- that Steve and I work on and, um, and make, more, you know, make use of them for yourselves wherever you are. We'd love to hear from you. Email us, message us, uh, let us know from where you are listening. And, you know, something of a highlight that stands out to you, please, if you have any questions, fire away at us. We do not mind. Listen, we are not insecure. We do not mind. Uh, being told we you think we are wrong somewhere or whatever and if we if we if we'll take it before God and if we need to change we'll change we we have no problem with that at all and we are just here as um, ministers to bring your um, ministering the grace of life the message of the kingdom to you to encourage you to inspire you and to help you grow and develop into the full stature of the measure of Christ and that's what it's all about. All right. So thank you for being with us. Thank you, Steve, again. And, and have thank a you. super, super weekend. Until next time, it's God bless you. And you are the kingdom leader that the world needs today. Bye-bye.